Welcome to Nine Bob Note with Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Hello and welcome to Nine Bob Note. I am Paul. And I'm Ken. How are you? Well, it's been a while. We've, we've had a, another short hiatus when we've just run out of material and run out of time to record new episodes, but we're back. We are. For how long, who knows? Forever and ever and ever. That's how well, like a threat. It's your turn this time. What have you got? Well... It's Pride season. Oh, yes. Uh, Just about. Uh, yeah. Yes. So I think we might have missed the boat, but Pride hangover. Won't <laughs> be the first time. Yeah. And so I would like us to talk about Heartstopper. Huzzah. <laughs> well, it was almost as if I knew this was coming because I, I have actually started watching it. What is Heartstopper? Heartstopper is a Netflix series. It's based on a graphic novel or a series of graphic novels written by somebody called Alice Oseman. I think there are four at the moment. The fifth one is coming out later this year. And then the sixth one is going to be the last one. But it, I don't know why you need to know. No, well, it, 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 so is this an adaptation of the first one or the first and second? or Because I, I know that there's another series been announced. Yeah, that I think I haven't read the books. Mm. So um, I think it was an adaptation of the first one. So far, we know that the second series is coming out very soon. Mm. And they have already announced that there'll be a third one. But then, I thought I'd heard mm, that, yeah. Yeah. But yes, it's very LGBT plus base. But the, the central story is about a guy called Nick and a guy called Charlie. And Charlie is a high school kid and he's a little bit sort of awkward and geeky. And he was forced out of the closet in a previous year. So everybody at school knows he's gay and he was bullied quite badly. Uh, but that all happened before this mm. series starts. The series starts where he meets or he's put into a form with an older boy who's a rugby player called Nick Nelson. And obviously he expects to hate it. But in fact, they end up having a little bit of a romance. A bit of a twist. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. But it also features their groups of friends who are, well, certainly Charlie's friends are all LGBT plus in some way. <laughs> And it features them, I believe, that they come more into prominence in the later ones, whereas the first series was really mainly about Charlie and Nick. Yes. Well, I went into this because you'd recommended this. Mm. Um, considering we're an LGBTQ podcast, <laughs> it seems we may as well cover it because it yes. does fit the theme. <laughs> so I went into this expecting sort of queerest folk meets the in-betweeners. <laughs> right. Uh, I wasn't a million miles mm -hmm. off. Yeah, yeah. But I burned through the first five episodes because they're only half an hour long. Yeah. But I did that in one night. Uh, now, regressively, I've not seen the last three. Uh, you say I can probably guess what happened. <laughs> <laughs> but for anybody who is in high school and are questioning, that would be perfect viewing, I think. Mm. I'll just pick through the bones of it first. I think the story is really good. I think it's well acted and well written and it's worthy of the great Russell T. Davis himself, quite frankly. 
I think there's a lot of topics that are covered, such as gay trysts mm. between people that are then, you know, you will keep this secret, we're not supposed to be, you know, and then the the uncomfortableness, the awkwardness, the sort of semi-nastiness mm. of that side of it, that's covered. There's somebody who's not quite come to terms with the fact that they've got an interest in the same sex and it's drawn out of them and how they themselves cope with it. And then you've got someone who is openly gay that's come to terms with themselves that has to then deal with other people who aren't and all the the surrounding different types of gay that there are. (laughs) And it's not, because there's a team in television at the minute to have everything massively diverse and inclusive without it feeling in any way natural. And in this series, actually it is. Mm. At the school where it's set, they're predominantly white. There is another school involved where they're predominantly black. Yeah. Because they're obviously set in different areas of whatever city it's supposed to be in. And that is how life is. In different areas, schools generally are predominantly a certain demographic. Mm. And it's not racist to pretend otherwise. The only minor niggle I had with it, and it's a tiny, tiny (laughs) thing, is there were a couple of instances where a character said something in character... And then it was turned around quite preacherly. That's homophobic. That's transphobic. I didn't like that. It, there were tiny, tiny little fragments. It wasn't all the way through. There were tiny fragments. I just thought everything about this is understated and subtle. It credits the audience with a little bit of intelligence. Mm. You'll work out what's going on. Those were the only two moments I thought. You've just blatantly turned to camera and said, <laughs> now listen here, kids. This is an example of transphobia. <laughs> With flashcards and a diagram. But that is a really minor niggle because it certainly wasn't the tone of the whole thing. I really, really enjoyed this. Now, from a technical point of view, if this had been around when we were teenagers, do you think that it would have helped draw you out? A hundred percent, yes. Mm. I think, as you said, we're definitely not the target (laughs) audience. But I have seen so many comments and so many people have said, this is what we needed. And yes, it is a rosy, you know, oh, everything's great and everything turns out okay. And the bullies and the homophobes get their comeuppance. And that may not happen in real Mm. life, but it does portray a world where people really aren't that bothered. And so although they talk about Charlie being bullied, and obviously as the series goes on, some of Nick's rugby friends start to make comments, which he then calls out as Mm. homophobic. But they're the the minority. It's designed to show you that it's fine to be whatever you are or whoever you are. And there isn't a huge emphasis like there is in so many things about building up to coming out and how are people going to react for most of the characters that's already been done so charlie has already Mm. come out i can't remember the character name of yasmin finney's character (sighs) i've only watched it a couple of days ago as well oh yeah that's hugely annoying but she is trans and it's obviously it's a boys school and a girls school and so there isn't this huge storyline of oh my god this person is is trans it's just you're sort of led to infer that from the fact that last year she was at the same school as the friends and that's a boys school Mm. and now she's at an all-girls school so although there is some mention of being trans and transphobia (laughs) at some point like you say the audience makes up their own mind and it's not to use the old (laughs) the old cliche it's not shoved down our throats even though it's a clearly lgbt plus series 
there are some some examples like you said but it's not all the time and i think yeah. it's just it's not in any way preachy no what i detest more than anything else on television at the minute is this forced diversity <laughs> i felt like actually we were getting a snapshot of the real world with this mm. that the you know the friends groups were what they would likely be in real life, i.e. they would either be predominantly white or predominantly black because that is real life. I mean, this is just not a, a phobic-ist statement. Unfortunately, you're forced to admit that, that real life people do group together with people from their own backgrounds and, and in some cases sexualities, I suppose. But it didn't feel in any way forced. Because I imagine now at school, and I hope it is like this, it's a little bit more fluid in terms mm. of coming out. Maybe not 100%, but I imagine it's a lot easier now to be a little bit off the hetero spectrum than it was <laughs> when we were at school. Yeah. In fact, I wouldn't like to say what would have happened if anybody had actually come out as gay when we were at school. Uh, I don't think it would have been very sympathetic, frankly. No. I mean, we didn't go to a particularly rough school, but I, don't, I still don't think it would have gone down well. No. So in answer to your question, I think this would have been hugely influential mm. just because you just sort of see people. And as you say, the whole series has all the different friend groups and they are quite realistic friend groups. Yes. Aren't they? So the, the rugby lads are all rich white boys, mm. you know, and that's the kind of group that would hang around together. Now I'm not saying that all rich white boys are bullies, but you know, but in, in this situation they are, but you would see some somebody in one of those two schools who reflected who you were, even if it wasn't like Charlie and Nick. Yes. So, yes. But I think that diversity on TV is far better represented in this way than in the, oh, look, here's mum, Sheila, and she's married Ahmed, and this is our stepsister, and we're all mixed race, except for Leon, who is from the Caribbean, who was adopted, <laughs> typically representative of a normal family in England in the 21st century. Uh, so, yes, big ticks all round for just the way that society and, and the different groups are portrayed. I thought it helped me engage with it rather than force, force, force. Yeah. I'm only sad that it's on Netflix. Now, I know that a lot of people have Netflix, but not everybody does. No. I think this would fit very well on Channel 4. Yes. It is a shame that it's not accessible to everybody. To absolutely everybody, because I think that it's... I mean, imagine it was. I imagine it caused a, a major stir... <laughs> When it was first on for the teens, the mm. you know the high schools and the colleges, and and I hope lots and lots of kids watched it because it's um, obviously you and I we don't know how high school is anymore. <laughs> it, it, I'm, I'm sure it's made vast vast leaps, and uh, um, many many things have said exactly the same. But it must have been good for people of that age. Mm. Uh, plus, it's just a bloody good piece of TV. Yeah, yeah, it is. I think. It's so well cast as well. I think mm. all of them are really good. I mean, the two leads are destined for great things. I think they both, oh, definitely Charlie, the actor's called Joe Locke. He has signed up to appear in a Marvel series. Mm. And the rumours that Kit Connor, who plays Nick, is also going to be playing a version of the Hulk in some... You can yeah. just visualise them as being older. And, and who was the, the girl that was trying to get a date with Charlie constantly? Oh, yeah. But 
She's just got one of those very, very telegenic faces. Yes. The camera's going to love her as she gets older. I don't know. know, None of them are probably anywhere near 16. I bet they're all in their early 20s. Yes. (laughs) But... No, a very photogenic, very talented cast. Mm. So I think, yeah, we will be seeing quite a few. And of course, Olivia Coleman. Of course. Because there isn't a television programme being made (laughs) that doesn't have Olivia Coleman in it. (laughs) No, it wasn't announced that she was going to be in it. And so it was quite a big surprise. I mean, they don't need to announce it because it's just assumed (laughs) that she's in it. New new (laughs) programme. Chief. <laughs> Stephen Fry's in it as well. Only his voice. He's the voice yes. of the headmaster of the school, which, which is very cool. It's so nice. And obviously because it's aimed at teenagers, it's not super sexy. You mm. know? So there's no... It's something that I could watch with my kids and yeah. not feel awkward about it. Whereas, I mean, even... Um, oh, what was it called? Love, Victor, which was like an American... I never mm. saw it, but I know that you and Simon have both spoken about it. Yeah, and that was good. I think the kids in that were slightly older. Oh, no, maybe not, actually. But that did have some... It was a lot about sex, mm. whereas this is more about the emotions and the, the feelings. Yeah, and I think that it works better like that because you get to know the characters, and they're not the kind of characters. They're certainly not that age, or certainly... English people in that situation, they wouldn't be immediately jumping into bed with each other. And so I think it's it's kind of nice that it's uh, portrayed that mm. way. So, yeah, it is, it's very sweet. I'm very much looking forward to the next series. I must admit, you've got me hooked. So, yes, I'll be tuning in with the best of them. <laughs> I know you've only watched five episodes. I don't want to spoil anything too much. But in the final episode, there is one scene. It is between Nick Nelson and his mum, of course, Olivia Coleman. And every time I watch it, it brings a tear to my eye. You know, it's just is it very film. reminiscent? No, not at all. No. Oh. <laughs> oh dear. Right. No. No, it's just very understated, very underplayed. It's just the two of them. And it's not like this big, huge, dramatic, you know, like you would get in EastEnders or something like that. It's really, really good. The last episode does sort of veer on the cheesy. (laughs) There's really no other direction it can go, is there? No, no. But it's a really, really good episode to watch. You know, if you're just feeling it... And you mm. just want you just want cheering up, but the sort of side storylines as well. So there's the uh, I'm, I'm going to look up her name because it's annoying me. Talk amongst yourselves, L. Yes, so the the story with L, it's not a coming out as trans story. It's a story about how you find friends and acceptance as a girl mm. when you previously been known as a boy. I think that's handled really well. I I like the fact that we don't see any of the sort of fallout from it because she changed schools. So in her new school, she's always been a girl. And so I don't know how it would have been if it had been a mixed school and she hadn't changed school. Would we have seen a slightly less pleasant side of the fallout or would nobody have cared? But played magnificently by Yasmin Finney, who is, of course, 
heading over to Doctor Who. To Doctor Who, yes. yes. The guy who L is best friends with. They, they obviously, when L was a boy, they were obviously very close as mm. best mates, and he's sort of struggling because he's starting to think that there's more to it than that. Mm-hmm. And what does that, I guess, what does that make him? I was very, very slow on the uptake there. Mm. I think largely because you can't actually tell Yasmin Finney is trans. No. And um, that isn't universally true. No. So I think, <laughs> I think I may have missed that one for longer than I should have done. Mm. It was only, I think, when they were on the bed watching films together that I realised, hang on a minute. <laughs> Yasmin, I recognise that name. And uh, it's all... But a really, really good example of, of TV and how it should be done. Mm. So, yes. 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 Well recommended. I could talk about it for hours, but... <laughs> <laughs> we'll save that for volume two. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah, we'll do, we'll do volume two. And also, I will leave you to watch the remaining episodes and enjoy them. We should probably rate it in Boas. I think we probably should. How many Boas are you giving it out of five? Five. Really? (laughs) Yeah. I absolutely loved it. It It's something I think I've watched the whole thing four times. Wow. (laughs) Which is probably quite a sad thing for a 45-year-old man to admit. But it's just, it's very easy to watch. It just clicked with me. I really enjoyed it. And I'm going to hunt out the books. It probably won't take much hunting. (laughs) Well, I wrestle with five Mm. because I do think that as a piece of television for any kids that are questioning, this is perfect, really. Mm. Because it goes through, from what I've seen, it goes through all the pitfalls and all the things you're likely to come up against and all the same fears and anxieties uh, and pleasant bits that, (laughs) you know, uh, can come from coming out at that age. Is it five worthy? (sighs) (laughs) I'm going to give it a four. Um, It's not not a measure of the quality of the programme. It's just on the importance to the gay world. Speaking as I am as a (laughs) non-gay, I I can see the huge value of it. I'm not quite sure it's entirely five-worthy, like something like gay marriage or something. But... So, so it's just just one step below for me, but it is, I think, a lot more high school kids should see this. I think it would help a lot of them through what is a very difficult period where your hormones are all over. You don't know which way your genitals are pointing because everything looks appealing at that age. Yes, great, great stuff. Highly recommended. So what are you rounding us off with? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we we spent the whole episode as an extended Screening Queens, so why not finish with a Screening Queens? I can't resist. It's the showman in me. This is something that we have talked about quite a lot, and it's weird because... I'm recommending it, but it's also not available <laughs> to anywhere to watch at the moment. In between Queer as Folk and It's a Sin, Russell T. Davis did Cucumber and Banana, ah. which were gay series. It's supposed to be like a follow-up to Queer as Folk, mm. but it was still set in Manchester, but with different characters. And Cucumber was 
I imagine at the time it was probably the cast were around about the age that the cast of Queer as Folk would be if they were in that. Do you know, mm, do you know what I yeah. mean? So they would be like contemporaries of Stuart and Vince and that. And Banana was a sort of companion series which featured a much younger cast but in the same universe. So they sort of crossed over between the two. Am I making this up? Wasn't the Tofu as Tofu well? was like an online... Ugh, a modern. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, it was uh, back when the internet was first starting. I don't know what that was about. <laughs> I've was, never watched it. Just in prep for the podcast, I've tried hunting these down because I think it's something mm. we should do. You can't get them. No. I think the DVDs are something like 80 quid. Now, committed as I am to the cause, I'm not paying 80 quid for something. I don't know whether it's any good or not. No. I seem to remember, because I watched them at the time, I enjoyed them. It wasn't... Queer as folk. Yeah, it wasn't up to that standard. I think maybe now I'm a little bit closer to the age of the characters Mm. who are in it. Maybe I identify more with them. But, yeah. We do need to hunt them down because I would like to. Now that I can't have them, I want them even more. <laughs> yes. It's that level of childish demand. <laughs> so yes, uh, RTD two. It's time for you to, you know, make with the goodies, please. Yes, push the button, get them out. It was weird because on our Sky Planet during June had a Pride section, and it showed all the you know all the programs that you could watch. And Cucumber came up on that. And I was like, wow, wow, this is really exciting. So I went in to download all the episodes and it wasn't there. It said, this isn't available. (laughs) So sad, sad times. What a prick tease. Exactly, exactly. Thanks, Sky. But yes, on that note, we'll go and hunt for some (laughs) DVDs in a charity shop somewhere. Uh, Or if you are aware of any, then get in touch, dear listener. Yes. (laughs) There's at least one of you, yes. I think. Yes, someone's out there. But yeah, let's wrap up our Pride Hangover special. <laughs> Wave the flag, wrap ourselves up in it and go back to bed with an aspirin. <laughs> and we will be back very soon with more fun and games. bye bye Nine Bob Note featured Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Title music was by Mark Scheiman. And the program was produced by Maverick Productions. For more information, please visit maverickproductionsuk.blogspot.com or find us on social media.